Joining me now is someone who um, she knows that uh, I have great respect for her and her husband, her family, love them both. And um, I, I, I want to bring author, lecturer, uh, attorney extraordinaire in the constitutional realm, um, Chris Ann Hall. And she's going to tell you all about uh, their institute, she and Pastor JC, what they have. And uh, Chris Ann, I want you now to be welcomed back to the C.L. Bryan Show. Certainly want to cover the Supreme Court's uh, decision and what that actually means from your perspective. You've always been a light to our audience. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryan Show. Thank you so much, CL. It's always uh, an honor to be on the show with you and to share your platform of truth. I would just simply say godly truth. You know, I mean, that's a rarity these days in in any kind of media application. And so I say thank you. <laughs> Bless your heart and thank you so much. You and Pastor JC, both of you. Chris Ann, um, of course, the, the rumor and the, the rupa, rupor, rumor of the day and the rumple of the day is the Supreme Court's decision. And I want to talk about this in full gambit, especially when we look at the threats to uh, Supreme Court justices and uh, why the type of intimidation toward the justices uh, is allowed to go on. Chris Ann, and keep in mind, you're young enough to eventually be a Supreme Court justice. Keep Just keep it in mind. Just saying. <laughs> But please, and, and we'll we, actually, Chris, and I'm not kidding. But anyway, uh, uh, let's let's uh, let's let's talk about that. Share with us, if you would. Well, you know, um, the Dobbs case, which is rumored to have overthrown Roe v. Wade, is is really suffering from a lot of misinformation in America, and I would say from both sides of the political coin, uh, because and and this is the shameful thing. Uh, CL is that abortion has been such a political campaign moneymaker for such a very long time to both political sides that, you know, you, you have to keep the conversation going politically because, like I said, you don't want to lose that, that campaign train there. But in reality, Dobbs, the Supreme Court, uh, as as it affirmed as it as it refers back to the Roe v. Wade decision, really doesn't do a lot for abortion with people in America from a constitutional reality. Uh, what the Supreme Court did do is simply recognize that abortion is not a federal issue, and this in and of itself is the major effect of this opinion. Because what the Supreme Court actually did was say, if we're going to take a an issue that is an unenumerated right, meaning it doesn't fall in the first 10 of the Bill of Rights, then before we can call that issue a constitutional right, then there must be certain evidences throughout history that prove that the society itself views this as an inalienable right. Mm -hmm. 
That's the only way you can claim an issue to be a constitutional right by using the 14th Amendment and by using that kind of judicial jurisdiction. You know, Chris, let me me, me break in with this question right here, mm -hmm. because I'm sure this must be in the minds of of many of us who are pro-life and and always have been pro-life. How then... With what you have just described to us and explained very uh, judiciously to us, uh, as you would. But, but how then, with that being in place, those very words mm-hmm. that you, that you have just, just shared with, with, with everyone around the country over the largest type platform, let me say, of talk radio, Red State, uh, that, that you, you have. But how then did this last so long? Well, it lasted this long, number one, because the American people have been taught as a whole for a very long time uh, an improper understanding of the impact of Supreme Court opinions. Uh, Roe v. Wade, and I was just watching actually an ABC interview just the other day where the reporter kept talking about Roe v. Wade as the law and as the Supreme Court created this law. And that's what most Americans actually believe. And that's what we've been taught to believe, that the Supreme Court opinions become the law of the land. And what the problem is, is that is a complete misrepresentation of what the authority of the Supreme Court actually is. The Supreme Court does not have the authority to make law. Lawmaking is expressly reserved to the legislative branch only. The authority of the Supreme Court is to compare the laws to the Constitution and determine if the laws created by Congress are constitutionally sound, and if they are not, Pursuant to Article 6, Clause 2 of the Constitution, the Supreme Court declares those laws to be null and void. And so why this misunderstanding of the limitation of the state's authority to restrict abortion has continued is because we have way too many attorneys general, we have way too many governors, and way too many people in the states that believed that Roe v. Wade actually controlled their state. And what the Supreme Court did with Dobbs is is remark and acknowledge that this was never a federal issue, that that the Supreme Court never had the authority to make it a constitutional right, and it has always been a state issue, which ought to be vindicating for people like me who have been trying to teach the states you are not bound by Roe. You can make your own state laws. You don't have to be bound by some Supreme Court opinion. If the people of your state want to restrict abortion, then you must restrict abortion. And that's what the Supreme Court has finally said. And I think it's absolutely amazing now that the states are all moving, uh, that that have people who want to restrict abortion as their constituents are actually doing that. Mm-hmm. And why Dobbs doesn't actually change anything is if you live in a state 
like California or Massachusetts that does not want to restrict abortion, then nothing changes for you, which is the irony, CL, of all the protests happening in California because of this opinion. In California, nothing changed. Nothing changed. Let me then ask you this, Chris Ann, is the best way for uh, a, a yokel to understand uh, of this is to understand the gambling laws that exist in some states and don't exist in others. It's a preference of those people by their vote that makes the difference in what occurs in that state. It, are people missing the simplicity of it? Talk to us. It is a very simple issue, and that's why the Supreme Court was able to to draw up this decision in the way that they did. It is just a matter of what do the people believe are an inalienable right? And if the people, by majority, by history, by the way, because it's not just what we believe today, in order to be an actual right, you have to have a long-standing history. For example, parental rights. Parental rights are not an enumerated right in the U.S. Bill of Rights. However, since the dawn of time, people have recognized that parents have an unchallengeable authority to uh, have custody, care, and control of the raising of their children. And then the court says, okay, this is a longstanding history. This is a right that belongs to the people. This is not something that the federal government can regulate. And you're absolutely right. The example of, of gambling, right? It, gambling is an issue. I would say also an example of marijuana. Okay, so marijuana is not a federal issue. The federal government has been unconstitutionally regulating marijuana for way too long. And this is really the beauty of the Dobbs case, because now issues like this, where the power has not been delegated and it must be reserved to the people. If the people of the state want gambling to be legal, then it has to be legal. If the people of the state want marijuana to be legal or illegal, then it's up to the people of the state. And now Dobbs has opened the door for all of these assumed and pretended federal authorities to be reviewed under this new standard and returning the power, the proper placement of power to the states. Wow, Chris, and you know, uh, you make me think that this must be one of those teachable moments where Americans get back in touch with who we are and why we were formed in the beauty, as you use the word, right. the beauty of our Constitution. And if uh, it is uh, looked at in the spirit, not sometimes in the practice, because we have mispracticed our own yeah. Constitution over the yeah. years, but in the spirit of what it was meant to to be and I'm, I'm really glad those justices uh, uh hey the ones who made a difference were appointed by trump let me do say but just the same chris and uh, i think that they did weigh what the founders had in the spirit of of, of the constitution L let me ask you then to to, to take uh, the next uh, three four minutes and tell us about the work that you and pastor hall are about how to get in touch with you and all of that we we don't talk nearly often enough 
<laughs> well, I would say just uh, just as a a point of of further uh, exposition, uh, the Supreme Court didn't simply take the spirit of what the founders wrote. See, how they actually took what they wrote, not just the spirit of what they intended, what they wrote down. There are more references to actual writings of our founders in this Supreme Court in this this series of Supreme Court opinions than I've seen in a very, very long time, which is evidence to us that there are really no, I some would say very few, but I would say there are no questions that we address today that those who drafted and ratified the Constitution didn't already answer in debate. Right. And I can tell you, in the 12 years that I have been actively teaching the Constitution across the United States for seven of those years. CL, you know, I worked tirelessly. We worked 260 meetings in over 22 states every single year for seven solid years. Yes. Uh, we have produced two documentaries. We're about to release our second documentary in October about the sheriff and the constitutional role and duty of the sheriff. We have, uh, I've written six books on the Constitution. We have online training for American history, the Constitution. There's even some some Bible classes, some faith-based classes at LibertyFirstSociety.com. And I can tell you in those 12 years when I've done all of those things and we have been talking to all those people, there has never been a question presented to me by the average citizen or, or the law professor that I was unable to answer by using the words of those who wrote and ratified the Constitution. Wow. Give that website again, Chris Ann. It's libertyfirstsociety.com. And that's where you can get our training. We have hundreds of families that use it to supplement the their curriculum for their children. We have law students. This is, I don't know, maybe because I'm a lawyer, this is one of my little pride things. We have groups on law school campuses that take Liberty First Society classes because they realize they're not learning in law school what they need to know about the Constitution. Wow, it's awesome. They're awesome. Pastor J.C. Hall and my good friend Chris Ann Hall, they'd love to come to you. LibertyFirstSociety.com. Go there and get them out to you. Put them to work. Put them to work. They're, they're, they're energetic, and uh, they uh, just love to tell the American story. Chris Ann, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for your friendship. God bless you. God, God bless you. you. I'll talk to you soon.